We're going to begin with impeachment and the status of those two articles charging President Trump with first abuse of power, second obstruction of Congress. South Florida Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz voted for impeachment and also supports the delay in sending those articles over to the Senate where the trial will be held. We and we invited Republican Congressman Mario Diaz-Balart to join us for this discussion. Unfortunately, he was not available. So we got the Democratic point of view when we spoke by satellite late this week with Representative Wasserman Schultz. And joining us now from Hanover, New Hampshire, is Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Congresswoman, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you. Let's begin. Happy holidays to everyone, you as well, thank you. Thank you so much. Let's begin, obviously, with impeachment. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has not sent the articles of impeachment over to the Senate. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell has not released the ground rules for the trial. We've got an impasse. How is this impasse going to be broken? Well, it can be broken very easily by Senator McConnell making sure that the trial that they are swearing an oath to ensure is fair and impartial is actually fair and impartial. He has already said publicly that he's not an impartial juror, basically acknowledging that he'll violate the oath he's required to take when the trial commences, and that's unacceptable. I mean, we impeached uh, President Trump in the House of Representatives because of his gross abuse of power, because he violated federal appropriations law, pressuring a president of a foreign country, President Zelensky of Ukraine, to release, uh, to, to, uh, to, in order to get the hundreds of millions of dollars that they vitally needed to keep Russia at bay, um, and pushed him to investigate his political opponent, Joe Biden, and interfere with the 2020 presidential election. That's absolutely outrageous and unacceptable, and Mitch McConnell should want to get to the bottom of it. They need to call witnesses. They need to produce ev documents that have never been reviewed because President Trump has forbidden them to, from right. being released to the Congress, which is also unprecedented. Yeah. Well, we know that when the House Intelligence, House Judiciary Committees held their hearings that he invoked executive privilege, would not let uh, Mick Mulvaney or any other person within the executive branch come and testify. So do you realistically believe that he's going to change his mind and say, sure, go over to the Senate and testify? This was uh, certainly not uh, in the bounds of executive privilege. This is un an unprecedented gross abuse of power. We have never before, during an impeachment process in American history, had a president patently refused to allow witnesses to testify, to produce evidence requested by the Congress. This is a role that is exclusive in the Constitution to the United States House of Representatives and the United States Senate. And for the president to withhold evidence and, and witnesses really is the um, conduct of a guilty person. When you're innocent, you want to produce as much as you can to demonstrate that innocence. The, the act of a guilty person is, is cover-up. And now, Michael, we even, after we impeached President Trump just, uh, just before the holiday, um, we see that with a release of emails that 90 minutes after he hung up with President Zelensky and had pressured him to launch an investigation against his 20, a 2020 political rival, he ordered the hundreds of millions of dollars of federal appropriations withheld and we need to get to the bottom of that 
Michael Duffy should, should be one of yeah. the witnesses and along with other witnesses who were part of that fact pattern. Well, the, the fact, the incident you just cited, which has come out in the last week or so, it falls under the general heading of abuse of power. But the polls that I think that we have all seen say that roughly half of all Americans, although many believe that the president showed bad judgment by asking President Zelensky for a favor, uh, nevertheless, they don't think he should be thrown out of office. So how can the Congress go ahead and remove a, a president from office who at least half of all Americans at this point don't think should be removed? Yeah, the other half, that, half not thinking he should be removed means the other half thinks he should. And that's where our responsibility as, uh, as members of Congress in the House, with our responsibility over the impeachment process and the Senate with a responsibility to be impartial jurors over the uh, trial that, and determine whether he should be convicted and removed, uh, emphasis on impartiality kicks in. It's the Senate's responsibility to review evidence, to hear from witnesses, and reach their own conclusion. We, we are sent to the Capitol by our constituents to make decisions on their behalf. And at the end of the day, that's our responsibility. And when you have a president like Donald Trump, who has not only abused his power, but violated federal appropriations law, jeopardized our national security, because certainly uh, withholding and keeping jeopardizing Ukrainian security jeopardizes American security. You, you, you cannot withhold uh, out of, on a whim as, a, as the president, hundreds of millions of dollars of federal appropriations that were signed into law, passed by the Congress, because you want to pressure the head of another, of another country to do your political bidding. Yes. And that's what he tried to do, and that's why he's impeached. And we know, of course, from the president, time and again, he says this is a sham, a hoax, a witch hunt, and a illegal partisan attempted coup are the phrases, the phrase he used when he wrote that six-page letter to Speaker Pelosi. Uh, Congresswoman, we know uh, that Speaker... Unfortunately, the president has no respect for the rule of law. Speaker Pelosi is going to soon name the floor managers. The House members are going to go over and prosecute. And so we can expect to see the names of the floor managers uh, soon, early January. When do you think we are going to know who's going to be on that team? Speaker in in due time, I mean, at this point, Speaker Pelosi is rightly withholding the articles of impeachment and naming impeachment managers because it is absolutely essential that we know what the Senate process is going to be, that we ha have Senator Schumer having requested witnesses to be called and documents to be produced. There has never been an impeachment trial in which witnesses have not been called. That would be unprecedented. There were 41 witnesses in the impeachment trial of, uh, of Andrew Johnson, three witnesses called with, uh, with the impeachment of Bill Clinton. And so it's, it's essential that the Senate, in order to be able to impartially review evidence and hear from witnesses, actually have witnesses who testify. Right. And President Trump has been an absolute obstructionist in, in allowing that to happen, and it's unacceptable. Yeah. Representative Wasserman Schultz, as you well know, Chief Justice John Roberts is going to preside over the trial. Do you have confidence that Chief Justice Roberts is going to be able to fairly run this proceeding? 
Oh, I do, yes. I mean, I, I think uh, Chief Justice Roberts has demonstrated that he has integrity and, and believes in the oath that he swore to uphold the Constitution. And uh, you know, he's had decision, handed down decisions that, uh, that I have agreed with, some that I've disagreed with. And so, yes, I expect that, that, uh, that he'll run a trial fairly. Um, however, the rules of the, of the trial are determined by Mitch McConnell and the Republican majority. And I think that he should listen to colleagues like Senator Lisa Murkowski and walk back his really inappropriate, unacceptable comments where he said he's not an impartial juror and he's coordinating with the, with the, with the, uh, the, the individual who right. the trial will be about is, and, and make sure that, that his, his oath is upheld. Um, well, at the end of the day, we have to get back to the work that the House has been doing at the same time because we walk and chew gum at the same time. We've sent hundreds of bills. There are 275 bipartisan bills sitting in the United States Senate now, including H.R. 8, which would allow, allow for there to be, require that there be universal background checks for, uh, to address gun violence, make sure that we can lower prescription, the cost of prescription drugs, make sure that our elections are fair and that we don't have to worry about interference in our elections. Uh, th those are all bills that the president, that, that the pr president uh, you know, has, has not done anything to pressure Mitch McConnell to move. And Mitch McConnell has declared himself the grim reaper of legislation coming from the House. Um, I'm not sure why he's there. He's up for re-election. I, I think uh, Kentuckians should take notice of what, what he apparently is there for, and that's to be uh, Donald Trump's uh, do-boy. Uh, Congresswoman, you mentioned Senator Lisa, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. She is the, the lone Democrat, I'm sorry, the lone Republican so far in the Senate who has said she finds what Mitch McConnell has said and done somewhat disturbing procedurally. Now, there could be some others. I mean, Joe Manchin of uh, West Virginia, maybe Mitt Romney of Utah. I mean, do you think that there are going to be a few courageous Republicans who may say, uh, let's have a full-blown trial and could even vote to convict? Well, for the record, Joe Manchin is still a Democrat the last time I checked. But yes. um, I, I do expect In a red that... State. <laughs> I do expect... <laughs> right. I do expect that, uh, that there are Republicans, and, and certainly hope there are, that will express privately, publicly, like Lisa Murkowski has done, that the trial that the, that the Senate conducts needs to be fair and impartial, that we need to make sure that we hear from witnesses, that we are able, that senators are able to review the evidence that President Trump has withheld um, in an unprecedented way. We've not ever had a president in an impeachment trial withhold witnesses, withhold, uh, withhold evidence, uh, documents that are vital to senators being able to make their decision. You know, we were able to call witnesses and we had courageous witnesses come before us in the House of Representatives in spite of President Trump's you know, prohibition. And that helped, that aided us in being able to put the pieces together of his abuse of power, his jeopardy, jeopardizing our national security, and you know, be able to say this is, this is unacceptable and, and vote to impeach him. Yeah. We, we must make sure that this trial proceeds in, uh, under the rule of law and the United States Constitution. Yeah. Congresswoman, a major factor, obviously, in the election next year, in every presidential election, is the economy and the stock market is just going bananas. It is ending this week and the year at a record high. The president just sent out a tweet today. It says, 
Trump's stock market rally is far outpacing past U.S. presidents at CNBC. With new trade deals and more, the best is yet to come. I mean, would you concede that the economy is really in very good shape? Thanks to the uh, long coattails of President Obama's economic policies, yes, the, uh, the economy is doing well. But what isn't doing well is that we have an explosive deficit that has been expanded by billions and billions of dollars by this president and the Republicans when they were in the majority. They have ta a tax package that they, uh, that they adopted unpaid for that you know, they said was going to pay for itself that every uh, reputable economic organization has said is not paying for itself. And so spending grossly in an irresponsible way is going to catch up with us eventually. And so, uh, but at the end of the day, I think the American people will make this decision about whether Donald Trump should be reelected and the Democratic nominee should, be, should replace him um, based on a number of things. And that includes whether or not they have the confidence that this country isn't careening you know, off the rails and a decision about whether or not they want a president that's going to bring them stability and restore our international reputation and not jeopardize our national security and invest in, in things like making sure that we have health care that everyone can afford. We have a bill that would lower the cost of prescription drugs sitting in the United States Senate. The president has his own Justice Department fighting in court to declare the Affordable Care Act unconstitutional, which would yank health care away from tens of millions of people, Michael. And yeah. we have to make sure that that doesn't happen. 130 million people in this country have a pre-existing condition that would no longer, that would no longer have the protection of having their health care coverage be, uh, be available to them when they need it. We understand. That's uh, what I think American people will make a decision on. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about the Jewish vote. Uh, in this country and in Florida. I guess there are roughly sure. 700,000 Jews who live in Florida and many of them here in South Florida in your and other nearby congressional districts. Uh, Donald Trump a couple of weeks yes. ago was in Hollywood, Florida speaking to the Israeli American Council and he said to them essentially, you've got to vote for me because number one, you want to protect your money and I will protect your money. And then he said, I am the best friend that Israel ever had. So if, and I'll, that got big cheers and applause, what would you say to uh, your fellow Jewish voters uh, that why they shouldn't vote for President Trump? I, I actually don't think that I, most Jewish voters uh, share the president's view that he is either Israel's greatest friend um, and, and certainly find disturbing the comments like he made to the Israeli-American Council. I, I uh, spoke at that event the next morning. Um, the fact that the president ha continues to spew uh, anti-Semitic tropes over and over, referring to Jews voting for, for him because we care about the, our money, uh, making comments repeatedly that for you know, hundreds, hundreds of years, decades of uh, anti-Semitism in this country that he repeats from the mouth of the pres president of the United States is, uh, is offensive to, to Jewish voters. And at the end of the day, Jewish voters in this country care about making sure that the quality of life here in America uh, is, uh, is of, of the utmost importance, that we protect access to quality, affordable health care, that we make sure that we have religious 
pluralism and that everyone can get along and support one another. And this president has stoked the, the, the flames of anti-Semitism and bigotry. Uh, his immigration policy is abhorrent. I'm glad that in the appropriations bill that we just sent to the president, we were able to roll back some of his really horrific ability to, uh, to, to harm immigrants simply coming here to try to make a better way of life for themselves and their families. Uh, the Jewish, Jewish voters go to the polls and support a, a candidate who believes in making sure that we can address global warming and climate change. I have a synagogue in my district, Temple Solel, that has a climate solutions co committee that is very active in making sure that we can raise awareness about global warming, climate change, sea level rise. Right. And, uh, and, and those are the kinds of issues that Jewish voters will go to the polls and make a decision on. And Donald Trump is wrong on all of those issues. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, great to speak with you. Thanks for taking time out of family time to speak Thank with you. us. Happy holidays. My pleasure, Michael.